Apple we went ahead and stuff up. Right. What? I mean, come on, man. Look, the reality of the matter, it, it's just life, right? 43 well, yeah. is not the end of the world. You really need to accept. <laughs> I understand that you're, you're yeah, like coming to grasp with the whole, you know, well, when I'm I say, like. When I'm saying oh. wrapping it all up, I don't mean like I'm done living. <laughs> But like you're, you, you know the, like the inclination sounds like you're like it's just downhill. From yeah, there. I, but I'm just like saying like peaked at forty two and forty three is that slip well, slide into forty two is the <laughs> ultimate answer to life, the universe, and everything. Absolutely, everybody knows the, the answer. From everybody. Everybody. So so, so once you hit forty two, it's 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 downhill from there. Well, um, but I'll so. say this: when you were a kid, could you did you ever imagine yourself that you would have you were going to be in your 40s like did that ever even become like to me when i hit 40 it was just yeah. like it's surreal oh god yeah it's like yeah. i didn't think i would ever hit that i thought like for some reason that concept doesn't make sense well and and up until i turned 30 i couldn't imagine what it was like being in my 30s <laughs> and so now like i still think of myself as being in my 30s plus 13 remember remember it's, right it's not 43 it's 34 just flip the plus, numbers, man. You're fine. Plus, plus nine. Plus nine. <laughs> Minus to two and handshake the other. I was, yeah. I was trying to do is like, and it's like, <laughs> I keep making the joke. It's like, well, let me tell you for my, you know, for my 18th, 25th birthday. Um, I like that. <laughs> is I still feel like a kid, but with additional aches and pains, more psoriasis scarring it's, it's oh all my good, god dude so. or 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 waking up in the morning with weird pain that you're like i don't know what i did how did i pull this muscle like this just makes no sense yeah. it is it's it's a lot of but you know what the good thing about it is this as we get older tech gets better so there That's is true. a positive to this story this and with that true. being said i want to say welcome to everybody on this show on this beautiful thursday afternoon hey, evening hey. uh evening afternoon uh or friday morning depending where you are in the world yeah. um to this beautiful named podcast the best of our week with yours truly as well as obviously the birthday boy himself Aww. mr juan carlos bagnell you know me. exactly and, and and now i feel bad because you didn't tell me last friday that it was coming up like <laughs> i okay so so the thing is i'm always very appreciative of birthday wishes but i think yeah. it's just always been the running theme and i think uh some of the people out there who were eldest in the family like i don't make a big deal out of the birthday i just really appreciate it when people are like kind enough to wish me a happy birthday i have, like some lovely messages from people on twitter yeah. and I logged into my Facebook account for my yearly, like, <laughs> hey, everybody, I, I love y'all. I'm never back on, on Facebook. Birthday. Yeah. Um, I... And I would love to keep in touch with all of you, but please okay. pardon that I'm going to be the cranky text and email guy. So. No, no. I, I, for me, honest to God, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest with you. The only person I actually talk to on Facebook right now is Adam. Tech Odyssey. Okay. Fair. It, no, 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 no. Somehow, yeah. of all the of all the communication things, he and I got on a on a on a Facebook Messenger, and that's literally the only time I ever get in, I ever communicate yeah. for, with with Facebook. But I understand. Yeah. No, the the family and dating everybody, and 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 just kind of getting into that whole, you know, getting. I I, I just. I personally don't like to celebrate my birthday anymore. I actually personally just don't. I like the recognition, the family little quaint things, but sure. I don't do the um, 
uh, like, hey, let's go have a party kind of like, no. Yeah. To me, it's, well, it's really more about the kids and, and, and the and, stuff. Well, yeah, that's sort of exactly what I was going to say is like yeah. I, I've had a, a, a whole new appreciation for my birthday mm-hmm. because my daughter likes to make big deals out of things. And it's well, more it's like reliving childhood through your daughter's eyes. Well, a, a, like, know? yeah, as, as, as philosophically close to immortality as I will likely <laughs> ever get. It's the passing on of genetic material to my progeny. Um, but it's also like she I, I want to sort of I, I want to celebrate those ideas of her thinking of other people and how much fun she has, like, you know, getting gifts like her mm-hmm. present to me was drawing a $30 gift card to our favorite comic book shop nice, so that we could go out together and pick out a graphic novel at, at our favorite comic book shop. So she, she I, put I was a waiting lot of for the part where so I, Omar used to do cute stuff like that too, till it got to the point mm-hmm. where that gift card was for something that he wanted, but it kind of went, it looked like it was for me so that it ended up being for him kind of thing. Oh, so we do she, that now. She's, I'm at she's that level seven, now. so she's not selfless. So there was definitely a, <laughs> oh, I wish I could get this graphic novel, but I'm here for daddy's birthday. Maybe we bought an extra comic book, but, not but I, just for me. But I kind of, in a weird way, I, I, I enjoy them. Like, you know, like when he comes up, yeah. and like, hey, there's this new Dragon Ball figure coming out that you, for you sure. would like. I think it's really nice. I know it's 80 bucks, but I think you personally would enjoy having it in your collection. <laughs> and I'm like, so like, no, no, seriously, oh. like there's a few characters back there from the Dragon yeah. Ball superhero movie. Goku, mm-hmm. Vegeta, uh, Piccolo, and I have Gohan. But I don't have Beast Gohan. It's just a, you know, regular form of Gohan in, in Piccolo's outfit. Mm-hmm. Um, for the first two months of having uh, uh, Gohan, he would have basically cameos in my office. He would be yeah. here, and then he disappears for a few days, comes back. Mm-hmm. And that's how my office is treated. I am more of the keeper of the, for you sure. know. And that's so – long story is I, I'm glad that she she was able to – you guys have that little connection, you know. Yeah. It's, it's a nice thing. And um, that's one thing Omar and I do whenever we travel. We always try to find comic book stores and anime shops. Because it's like the, our one unified thing. We always love doing, you know, getting things like that. But either way, welcome to the club. I mean, welcome to the... No, yeah, it's like your third year anniversary. Yeah, you're still kind of new. It's okay. You know. Enjoy your 40s. Enjoy your early 40s. <laughs> I mean, I still feel ancient, if that's any consolation to everybody no, else. But, no, no, no. But, you know, cool. we were walking around a comic book shop. She and Marie baked a cake, and she decorated it, and she was very proud of her decorating, and it was a, a, a delicious cake. Nice. And then we had a really prolonged conversation about the difference between Marvel's Sandman and DC's Sandman. Because she saw, like, she saw this comic and she was like, yeah. oh, Sandman, Daddy, I like Sandman. And you're like, how do you know about Sandman? And I'm now very concerned how my seven-year-old knows about, like, this very she... dark. Well, I mean, so she, I, she means Flint Marco. She means Spider-Man's villain, the yeah, Sandman. That's, Sand that's what I was going to say. Right. Yeah, exactly. No, the DC, the book that she was picking up was the DC Sandman, who's like the Lord of Dreams. And it's a very oh, dark the other and Sand- existential yeah, yeah, yeah. Sandman. Oh, I'm sorry, the Sandman Sandman, <laughs> right. not the Sandman. Okay, yeah. No, no, no I'm we, so I'm, I'm in the middle of this comic shop. There's, there's two, there are two tables of people like going hardcore on some magic tournament style gameplay. And I'm trying to explain to a seven-year-old like, oh, oh no, that's not Flint Marco. Put that comic down. Wow, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
dear, this, it's a few years ahead of you. Just don't worry yeah. about it. It'll be there. Yeah. No, so I'm for not. a moment, I looked like the worst dad ever that I'm handing my daughter like a Neil Gaiman Everybody book. turned their head. He's well like, before she can appreciate what's you going on. You gave her Sandman from the DC? And like, so, oh, yeah. I, I mean, like, I was 10 before I tried tackling Douglas Adams. So uh, Some of the – well, yeah. I, okay. Not to make this entire episode talk about too much of these, but I, I will sure. say this. Our childhood had less parenting, at least for me. I had mm-hmm. less, um, I was going to say parenting, policing, I would say probably. for yeah, the oversight. Part. Oversight yeah. than, um, than the way it is now for Omar. A little bit. I feel for like sure. that, yeah, we were trusted Same. a little bit more. Gen- our, our generation. Well, <laughs> not, not even trusted a little bit more. I mean, like we were encouraged to watch stuff. I mean, if you think about what PG films were like in the 80s. Oh, yes. They are so much darker than PG films, or even PG-13 films today. One of my all-time favorite movies was uh, Cloak and Dagger, uh, starring Dabney Coleman. Did you ever watch Cloak and Dagger? So I I haven't watched the original movie. I I watched recently the one on Hulu, but... Um, oh, you do, 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 that's yeah, yeah, completely that's unrelated. No, no, so, so Cloak and Dagger from the 80s is a kid who um, he's got this like imaginary friend who's mm-hmm. also played by the same actor who plays his dad. And he's like this adventure, like James Bond kind of character. Oh, but okay. um, he, he always gets like this like life advice from this imaginary figure who goes off on these crazy adventures. But he finds this Atari cartridge. That okay. has top secret weapons information stored in it. And so now there are these Russian spies that are trying to, um, like, get this cartridge. And so he goes oh. off on this crazy adventure where he's trying to evade these Russian spies. At one point, because he, he, he's friends with, like, the guy who runs, like, a Babbage's or one of those, like, electronics boutique, EB. Yeah, yeah, and that, gate, they, that stores mustaches, the 80s. man, definitely 80s. So... The, the friend who I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to spoil a major plot point of this film. You just go, you're going to have to go with me on it. At Spoiler, one point, spoilers on a movie from the, the 80s, Russians please, yes. kill his friend who owns this electronics store, uh-huh. and in capturing the kid, they throw him in the trunk of a car with his dead friend's body in it, while they're trying to figure out how like the secret top secret weapons information in the Atari cartridge work, and we're like. The, the 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 stakes are incredibly high. The kid faces regular mortality. One of his school friends gets a bomb put in her backpack. So there's a ticking clock where he has to like solve the problem, where he's actually handing handling actual firearms to try and like protect his dad, protect his friend, and avenge the death of his friend who owned the electronics store. Like that was a totally run of the mill eighties film for kids. I like there was I, nothing I like that. No, that my daughter that. has ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> not at, not at, not at seven. Yeah, the fact that in the same in, as actual talking about like dead bodies and stuff like that. That is, I mean, I'll, I'll say this: a lot of the stuff I watched back as a as a kid growing up with like you know the old Jackie Chan movies, the old yeah. um, you know ninja for movies sure. and stuff like that. A lot of that. Yeah, it was very bloody for for. But but I mean, think well, about like Flight of the Navigator. That is a ghastly story to feed to a kid. It's a tough you're going to get it's pushed a, it's, forward ten years into the future, and all of your friends are now going to be way older than you, and you're and, completely well, and, out no, of, and your out brother of time. is physically bigger than you. Like you're like you know the whole aspect ratio kind of going on. No, no, I I 
I actually liked uh, Flight on the Navigator. That was actually yeah. a good movie. I remember Br- watching. Brian Glaze. Uh, I, made Omar wa- I made Omar is, watch Flight is, of the Navigator just to get... Just so to, good. Yeah. No, no. It's I, so I, good. I, so it I'm trying to share, like, where appropriate, where I feel like she's ready for that kind of stuff. I'm trying to share some of these. Like, so, so she's seen Last Starfighter. She's mm-hmm. seen Flight of the Navigator. We haven't tried Cloak and Dagger yet. <laughs> Cloak and Dagger is another hill to climb, but you know we um as part of my birthday week celebration we went and uh, caught the new Mutant Mayhem. Yes, uh, the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. You mentioned it. I gotta say, that is one of the sweetest reboots I think I've ever seen. You like the 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 style of animation? uh, So what? I, well, I, I, I love the production. The yeah. the scribble art style mm-hmm. really captures some of the feel of the classic Eastman and Laird comics. Because mm-hmm. if you remember the original TMNT comics, it was hard ink, black and white. Exactly. Like, there was no... And, and the art style feels messy and scribbled, like those old classic comics. But this is also one of the kindest versions of the Turtles... It's a complete total reboot. It has mm-hmm. nothing to do with any of the lore that's ever been told. So if you were a fan of the cartoon or if you were a fan of the comics or of the movies, this is a completely separate new origin, new telling of the story, new relationships. Everything's fresh. Yeah. Um, they do stuff in this movie that I have never seen another Turtles movie do. And they find... Some like some of these really beautiful family moments that I actually found myself getting a little emotional. Like at the end of every Turtles property, there's still like these lonely kids living in a sewer. Yeah, <laughs> you know. The, 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 so yeah, they, I mean, essentially, that's what you're, they're known for. But yeah, yeah, ninjas, and they're still kind of ostracized. Like this movie finds ways of solving those problems for the turtles, and it's lovely. Okay. So if you go into this like you're a 40-year-old man-child and you can't accept any kind of change, you'll probably hate it. But if you can go in and understand <laughs> that like this is a fresh retelling in a way that works for a new modern child, like yeah. it is absolutely delightful. It really is a romp. So I'm glad I'm I'm glad you enjoyed the movie and I will definitely I mean I probably won't go watch it in the theaters. Uh, I'll probably end up waiting for it to come out and and maybe catch Catch it on uh, like whatever network it's on, or even you know renting. Because yeah. I think for me, it's um, I was it's been some time since I've been actually. I, I'll take that back. I haven't had any movies lately that have compelled me to go to the theater. Like there's movies yeah. that come out, and I'm like, yeah, I'll wait for it to come out on rental. I'm, so, I'm becoming more picky about which ones I go. Oh, and, uh, same. And, and, yeah. Like Mutant Mayhem, I, if because I was raised on the Eastman and Laird comics, I actually didn't like the cartoon mm-hmm. because. Again, with less parental oversight, I was reading the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles run where it is extremely graphically violent. Oh, no, no. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. It and, and even in the movies. Terrifyingly the, the, dark. The, the conversation, <laughs> the uh, Shredder, the, the presence, how they grew up, how yeah. um, uh, you know uh, their master was basically just treating them. There, there's a whole bunch of different mm-hmm. backgrounds and, and the fights. And, of course, sure. it, there's a lot of reboots. And this is what I felt like. And when I, when I first heard about it, I was like, okay, so this is the latest reboot of the, the franchise. Mm-hmm. This is the franchise that never dies because – I remember back when I was seven. Like every, and, about and every can, eight years, it gets yeah, a complete and total. Exactly, overhaul. exactly, yeah. and it will get a new version. So I'm, I'm glad that it's it's uh, it's living up and it's. I, I feel I feel like this one is, those, uh, is, is do feelings. a good trilogy. Like I'll be really surprised if this has legs beyond a part two mm-hmm. and a part three. I kind of feel like what they set up 
if it's just this one movie, I'm totally satisfied. If mm-hmm. they can turn it into more of a franchise, I don't think they can push it far. Like, I don't think it, this this is going to be the the 10-year Marvel Cinematic Universe plan of mutants and turtles. <laughs> phase one, phase but, two of but turtles. But the, the main reason why we went to go see it in theaters is because Lex really took to Shredder's Revenge. Yeah. And so she was into the idea of turtles. She uh, we, we watched the live-action film. Okay. Um, and she liked that. And so then she was the, like, well. The, the first live-action or the second one? You know the first one. She the hasn't seen one. part two yet. She yeah. hasn't seen Secret of the Ooze. So like, there's a moment where they're flipping through radio stations in Mutant Mayhem, and they start playing "Go Ninja, Go Ninja, Go,", Go. Ninja, Go. and you're like, "Oh no, Legs doesn't get that reference. It's Vanilla Ice. So darn." Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but that reference was for you. They, they're as you said, yeah, exactly. They, they were building in um, <laughs> things for the young the generation to for enjoy, and they're absolutely yeah. no, no, absolutely. And I think those are the movies that do the best. It's the the ones that were. Don't take this the wrong way. Obviously, you know, some parents do enjoy watching, uh, you know, TMNT, but not everybody, not yeah. every parent does. And throwing things to some of the parents that grew up with the original or at least saw it at one point, they'll get that and they'll enjoy it yeah. a little bit more. So it's like the same story, but to two different people as different. Like she walks and, out with a different point of view than you do. Oh, for sure. Well, and, and the nice thing was, is like, I kind of feel like the movie handed it off. So there was a little fan service for overgrown man babies like me, but it's not for me. The movie is not for me. And oh, that's no, no. kind of what I feel is if I want Dark Edge Lord, I, I have Last Ronin to look forward to. Oh, yeah. I'm really anxious in that because the comics run is really good. I'm really anxious to see what they do with that game because it's supposed to be a God of War, but like from a single turtle, third person action, like that's my jam. But I don't need all turtles to be that. I need something that's going to be accessible for my kid, which is where I feel like DC Comics has missed the has missed the mark on a lot of movies. Yeah. There aren't a lot of movies featuring these amazing characters that I can show my daughter. Like kind of get through Wonder Woman, the ending is sort of crap, you know? Like I'm not going to try and sit her through the Flash because it's all like the the core of that movie is about like nostalgia for people like me. Definitely yeah. not going to spend a lot of time with the Superman movies. Like that's not that's not hopeful. That's not optimistic for her. So so to land mutant mayhem came at exactly the right time. I I'm a nerd for this stuff. She loved the beat 'em up brawler video game. Yeah. Regularly makes fun of Marie because Marie's not very good at it. <laughs> but then, like, this movie comes out and it's something that is so much more accessible to her because it's more modern. And yeah. me trying to explain, like, the storylines with Triceratons and Fugitoid and Usagi Yojimbo and, like, all of these other characters, like, it, that's not going to mean anything to her. It, it, it totally doesn't register at all. But now there's something fresh and it felt like the passing of the torch. It Absolutely. felt like something that was built in a really beautiful way to kind of let people my age mm-hmm. give something of our childhood to younger kids, mm-hmm. and and but they they're they're just going to take it. This is very different. This is not what I'm familiar with, and it's not for me. No, so no, no, I I, um, I totally agree. For Steve Pogue, we uh, Marie and I did talk about that for DC live action stuff. Lex might like the Shazam movies the most. We're yeah, can... holding off on the first Shazam film because of the boardroom scene. Every single DC oh, movie yeah, does right. this thing where, like, yeah, the movie don't... itself is mostly fine, and then there's a moment that tonally takes a completely different turn. And, and again, it's like even with Wonder Woman, we had moments where it's like, 
oh, this pushes what we're comfortable with for her just a little further than I think she was ready for. Um, it, it's that, that to me is like Shazam is 98% perfect for Lex. It is the, the exact like idea of kids getting superpowers. She, she, she would be so into this. She loves Flynn Rider from Tangled. So to hear the voice of Flynn Rider come out of Zachary Levi's face, everything is spot on except for that one scene we know just gets a little too dark. And you're right. You're right. To me, when I think the movie, I I always forget about that part because it's not, it is, it's a massive move. I mean, you think it, and it's weird. Yeah, you're right. Introducing certain concepts. It's, it's like, um, because the the movie jumps into that and then it jumps out of it because the ending ending of the film is not as dark as that boardroom sequence. No, no, it, it, that, that, that trans, (laughs) it's a transformation moment for the, uh, it's, it's just, it's a tough moment to show and explain how somebody can kill their parent, their father and brother. And and just why, why we kind of bounced off of Shazam is there were also, I think the sound effects, um, got a little intense for her with, uh, we tried to watch, uh, homecoming Spider-Man. Oh, okay. Um, The first of the Tom, uh, Tom Holland, Holland, Spider-Man films. And you're like, the vulture comes in, and that is a freakish figure for her. And I'm like, okay, if she can't handle the vulture, she can't handle the the boardroom sequence in Shazam. So, yeah, so it, it's something she we're, can. I mean, I'm sure we're, we're finding those moments where she's kind of cool. Like she she liked the first Captain America movie. Red Skull didn't bother her at all. You know, so it's like we're having to be so. <laughs> specific about like where do we test our daughter's tolerance what part of the d what part of the dc universe (laughs) and the mcu universe she's able to basically navigate through no i mean i get it i get it It, you're right uh to a certain point i think even even with omar loving a lot of scary movies now he's more into that genre Mm -hmm. there are still some movies that we are not 100 percent like and 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 also like man kids growing up today Mm-hmm. My daughter is going to have to sift through 30 more years of cinema than I had to. Oh, that's right. I mean, that's a heady concept to me is when I grew up, I was a movie nut and I went through Grindhouse. I went through classic horror. I went through silent film mm-hmm. and like just to get my daughter up to speed, there's literally 30 more <laughs> years of movies than I when think you, you should before start she booking was born. The weekends. You should start booking Sundays as 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 uh, cinema night and, <laughs> right. and from now on just set up the projector all pop day. it up every day and then just basically it, like, like i strap her and i do the little eye drops like yeah. from <laughs> like okay can't you can't blink i'm sorry kiddo we've got to get through all these movies you just yeah. gotta you just gotta power through but, so but, I'll, I'll make sure Dad, you, you... I, I got school tomorrow like it's, nope. it's okay we got to go through one more yes and you then... do have school tomorrow that is tomorrow that is today. T- let's put a pin on Kubrick. that. We'll get back. Yeah. All that's, that's of a problem Kubrick. for future you, my dear. That is not a problem for you. <laughs> Current you. When I heard no. that first time ever, somebody told me, that is not a problem for you. That's a problem for future for you. Future let's you. just deal with right now. <laughs> like, also, future you will be very disappointed in the choices that you're making today. Yeah, but let's not worry about future you. Deal with future you yeah, in the future. Future you will have to deal with it's great. But um <laughs> with with all of obviously a lot of that happening last week, as you guys know, we had uh actually well so it was it was Juan's idea that we want we want well, we wanted to try to do another challenge. We talked to you guys about it a couple of weeks yeah. ago and we finally were able to make the time to where both of our schedules were able to fit um the ability for us to hang out and get a chance to kick back and, and just 
you know, just have a nice little chat. And then um, it actually turned out nice. I really liked the, um, the, the, the way we ended up doing it. We split it up between the two different types of content between the two, between the Unreal, sorry, the X-Real and the Rokids, the glasses versus the actual brains. And for the life of me, I don't, it's like I, I, I commented on your video. I thought we had a longer bit at the beginning. Like oh, we I, did. So what did we, did we just forget the, or were we not, did it, so what ended up happening? Or did you just. Oh, no, I cut do, it down. Yeah. Oh, okay. That explains. Yeah, okay. I, I, I cut a lot of us sort of reiterating points. <laughs> and then you're like, you know what? I don't think we need 30 seconds of one doing a bad Shaun of the Dead zombie impersonation. I was proud of my brains, of but okay. That's well, fine. that's why I cut directly to your, your growly brains is because the bit actually started with me like wheezing. And like, it takes too long. It took way too long to get into what we were doing. So I, I, I got into your growling I, about I, 25 seconds faster than what we did when we recorded it in real time. I, I will say that the entire thing felt like it was a two-minute thing for me. It was so – we were engaged. We were talking. We were chatting. We were just having fun talking about this, yeah. uh, you know, tech. And I got a chance to play around with the x which is also something very cool. Yeah. Um, and hopefully maybe one day I'll get a chance to play a little more because the brain of it, the beam, is definitely very – it's, it's, you're right in the sense of that it it it, it to sure. me it it feeds into my tech side. I love seeing this type <laughs> of interfaces and what it can do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also do understand where the the rocket air the the rocket station kind of fits much more yeah. of a plug and so play we, on the we, go. We have part one and part two. And yeah. uh, for anyone who's catching this or listening to the uh, to the replay, yeah. uh, TK's channel is part one where we talk about the differences between the glasses. And yeah. so this is the uh, the new Rokid Max uh, and the X-Real Air, formerly the N-Real Air. And then yeah, on part two of, of that, we talk about the microcomputers that both companies are making. So we, we originally had talked about trying to do like a four-player a, a four comparison because there's the Vert... I don't know how you pronounce it. It's like Vertu or something like that. There's the other player that just came out with glasses. There's TCL, yeah. there's mm-hmm. Xreal, and then there's Rokid. And so we were talking, we can collect all of these. But I felt like it was important to focus on the two brands we did because not only are they making glasses, but they're also making these little pocket computers to it's, power it's, the glasses. Exactly. Augmenting the, uh, the experience and making it more yeah. accessible. And I think that was the biggest thing for us because one part is, yeah, you're like, well, this thing works great with your phone or some phones do and some mm-hmm. phones don't support it. And then that could be an end-all, be-all conversation. Now, at least the way you're looking at it is your system actually doesn't need to have a, a video output over USB-C. Yeah. You could cast your phone directly into it. Um, or you can plug in a, d- a device using USB-C and, and get that experience mm-hmm. on the go, like your PC, or even like we, tr- like you said yourself, uh, you know, you can using the rocket uh, station uh, yeah. connected over and just using it, it as kind of interface. works. It kind of yeah. works. <laughs> so so. It, it was it was important for us because both parts of this conversation are so alien. Mm-hmm. to people outside of like again, we've got about twenty people watching the stream right now. Even for the 20 people in here right now, I would say there's probably there's probably better representation for folks who are familiar with uh, VR, AR, mixed reality, stuff like that. Yeah. But even for that better representation here, I bet most of the people in this chat probably still don't have quite the same experience with some of this stuff. It, you know, trying to express what this stuff is like outside of the, the, the sort of techiest of the tech community... Mm-hmm has been an incredible challenge. 
And I'm literally going like parent by parent at my daughter's school or family member by family member and making them put it on. I'm still like kind of nonplussed why there's such resistance when I've had like my Steam Deck and a pair of glasses and none of the grownups want to try it. I, I still don't understand the, the, like, it's so unfamiliar, they don't even want to see wife, what it kind of looks like. My wife doesn't like the interface. My wife doesn't like the fact that it's on her face. There is a, there is a per, yeah, like, a, that experience. It. Yeah, I, I couldn't explain it. Omar bought into it right away. Omar is, sure. like, a very much an, so we, we oh, were going to. Oh, let me to, tell you, this stuff goes over gangbusters with, like, first graders. Oh, absolutely. They no, no, freak they, they, out. But <laughs> the thing about it is, though, is to them, it's totally logical. It makes perfect sense. Yeah. It's like a, it's a it's a thing, right? Like you, you they didn't imagine it, but then putting it on and using it, you're like, yeah, that's totally fine. Yeah. Um, lawn flights, sitting in and uh, wanting to play by, you know, if you, we're sitting in the living room and basically, you know, we're using the TV. Omar can just play on the uh, on his uh, on his glasses, his uh, the Red Magic supports it. So he's able to play his game mm-hmm. straight off of it. So those are the things that I think uh, that I think the the accessibility the conceptual idea of that this could definitely make my experience better makes more sense to the younger generation earlier like my wife used to wear glasses and then she stopped because we got the she got the lasik stuff and i think there's a certain part of that that she doesn't like doing is yeah but that's wearing it yeah well i mean it's it's also it's also for her (laughs) the experience of seeing she said that this that maybe i'll take that back maybe she would have had a better experience with the x-reel because it's a little bit more perceptual oh, further. Yeah. With the with the uh, Roke, it, it felt very it feels close to closer. her. Yeah. yeah, and I think to her, she felt like, I don't want my TV here. I want it there. And I'm like, sure. I, I was, I, and she I was just, just not open to the idea. Was I, I just think it's weird. And it, this is another example that kind of shows to me that I grew up in a very atypical family where mm-hmm. we had ARPANET on an 8088 well before home PCs were commonplace. Yeah, yeah. And you're like, I, I was doing DOS prompts to get to my games on five and a quarter inch floppies. But oh, you know, my God. Yes. Yeah. Like I, we were the only family on our block that was doing stuff like that at the time. So when I point this stuff out to my family, like my sister, mm-hmm. uh, she's got a Ph.D. in engineering. My brother, he's got a Ph.D. in engineering. My dad, he's got a Ph.D. in engineering. My mom's a computer scientist like I mentioned it, and my mom was like, well, put them on my face. I want to see what that looks like. My sister's like, oh, check out these optics. I was working on, like, lens setups for these, like, lasers and things. That's really cool that consumers are doing this kind of stuff. Like, there's there's this immediate, like, attempted understanding. Mm -hmm. But then I, I, I hang out with, like, my daughter's friend's parents, and they're like, oh, no, no, no. That's, that's like a, no, no, that's not something for me. Don't you at least want to see what I'm putting on your kid's face? Like you're not even intellectually curious about what I just did would... to your kid's brain. Yeah, <laughs> it, uh, Vani, I don't I will, get that at I, all. I will give my wife at least the experience. She did try them on. Guess she, she saw what it was. But sure. I feel like in in a weird way. But there was like a, a moment of resistance, wasn't there? Like, yeah, it, it was. Why like, would no, you? It's be... okay. I. I it's like you're it's... right. It's okay. It's okay that you put this on. You're right. You're well, going to put this for, on your for, face. For me, for me, it was more about when I the, the reason why I even kind of pro, uh, proposed it is. So as we were getting ready to go to Korea, um, I was starting to pack up different things. So I have three pairs of glasses, mm-hmm. right? I have the uh, Rokit Air, Rokit Max, and I have the TCLs. So yeah. I I had a, a a collection of glasses. Omar mm-hmm. went straight for the Air. He's been enjoying them ever since we've had them. And then 
she just did, she wasn't open to it. So we had them and she, it was in her backpack uh, for the whole trip, came back, not never used. I, for me, obviously right. turned the mine on and I used them. Um, and I think I mentioned this to you. I always like, I also like to edit videos with them when I'm traveling because yeah. it makes the 15.6 inch display so much not a non, a non-issue for me because of the, mm-hmm. the size of it. So you can edit on the plane, you can edit in the hotel, whatever. And, and for me, it just made things a lot more functional. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I think at some point or another, we'll probably see even more technologies, more improvements. At, like we saw the improvements oh, between the X-Real I, and the Rokid. Yeah, I mean, literally the launch window between the X-Real Air and the Rokid. So Rokid Air to X-Real Air to mm-hmm. Rokid Max is an evolutionary leap. Yeah, for sure. And from where we were almost three years ago now with the original TCL Nextwares, like mm-hmm. these products are almost unrecognizable. So like yeah. the optics are getting more, uh, are, are improving and getting more discreet. The capabilities are getting better. The refresh rate, now we have 120 Hertz modes for, for these good. glasses. Like everything about these has been, I mean, the increments are pr- still pretty large because these companies are learning a lot. And mm-hmm. with each iteration, you can see that improvement. But now we're definitely cresting that, that, that peak where what you feed the glasses matters. So we need a solution for content and we need a solution for the head tracking and the spatial computing, if that's the phrase we're going to start using for that. So probably so, but yeah, I'll be really curious though, because with VR, with mixed reality, I still feel like there's this significant consumer barrier and putting something on someone's face, I've seen so much resistance to the idea of face computing. Like headphones, not a problem. Wear- wearables, watches, all the stuff is good. And then I just try and put a heads up display on someone's face and it's like, oh, no, 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 no. And you're like, but that's what's coming. This oh. is the future. <laughs> have you, have you, uh, well, I mean, no, no. So the, the, um, the concept, I think, is still new. We don't see it. There was a yeah. there was a period of time where I think even on NCIS where they had I forget the name of the character, um, their tech their their lab tech uh, girl the the goth mm-hmm. goth looking girl. Yeah, she was much more forward in there. She would put glasses on. They would pop up displays and all. Yeah. But we don't see that as much on TV. Like as a conceptual idea for most people, what, tech what it's I, more. What I think is funny is we've oversold augmented reality. Oh, absolutely. Like, I think it's, it's, when when I did it, the TCLs, I got comments from people on, on some of those Nextware videos with them saying, oh, but we know Apple's working on real AR. And so they'll make sleek glasses. This stuff is right around the corner. And I think people actually believe that like in the next couple of years, they'll be interacting with Tony Stark holograms and putting contact lenses in their eyes for full cyborg vision. I'm, and that's not going to happen. Oh man, not, <laughs> it's not a couple not years. It's not going to be real in the not next a couple of years. Two to three years. It's not I, a thing. I want a I want a personal Jarvis. What's wrong? With I that? do too. You, I'm not okay. saying I don't want that. I'm saying it's not going to happen. But I, I really Apple feel like deliver. we've oversold the, the science MCU fiction of this. 
Oh no, no, absolutely. Yeah. I, I think it, the the fact that we just don't have the Jeffers the the Jetsons uh, lifestyle yet <laughs> should know, have been really. our first clue because that's what we Aww. grew up with. In 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 the year two thousand, we were supposed to have flying cars. I mean, I have the that electric fold up cars. into briefcases. Yeah. Absolutely, and and, and and all having that robot um, <laughs> maids that that basically just talk back with the attitude. You know, like, that's what I want. Um, oh, but Brian Glaze, imagine not buying TCL because you waited for Apple. I mean, I've been, now been pointing this out on videos where people who kept telling me Apple was going to do AR right, like they expected it to be a pair of sunglasses, like Ray-Bans that well, I, did I, full everybody, exactly, environmentally it, aware AR. And you're like, that was never going to happen. That has a battery that Apple, will last you all day and, and, yeah. and project. and right. Yeah, 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 that's that's not a thing. And what Apple actually delivered is not an astounding step above what mixed reality is. I, I think so. to 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 many aspects, a lot of us obviously we aspire to tech. We want it, we want tech to be flashy and sexy. Sure. Practicality isn't. We're not there in the sense of obviously you know if nothing else, just oh. battery capacity. The, we're still battery learning tech. The, we're still yeah. learning the basics. Exactly. Yes. The battery battery tech is still for the most part, very much can is still limiting the, the factor of everything. Like the, <laughs> if, if we look at just the overall aesthetics of uh, the Rokit classes, the Max versus the sure. X-Real, um, the placement of the hardware in the actual unit made it so that, so to, just for X-Real to be able to Has remove a biological the element, difference. There's yeah. a physical difference between the two because you could see where the battery had to go. Yeah. Where X-Real had to put it on the side and, and, and Rokit put it in the front and you feel it in the user experience. So... I feel like we all want that experience. We all would love to have those type of uh, contact lenses and, and all of that experience. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, I want it. We'll never get there if we're still figuring out how to do basic image projection. We are, I, I want to point this out. This is, um, this is, I believe, the Rokid adapter. I think so. The little plug-in adapter. Yeah, this is the got one of these, right? Yeah. So we're still too. working at a level where... The limitations of our pocket computers are so significant that we're having to design these elements that plug into things like phones. Uh, this this phone case is going to block my USB-C port, so I'm going to take uh. that off. So just so that I can properly power the things. We're still figuring this stuff out so that I can plug this in, plug the glasses into one side, plug power into the other. Like, we are taking these incredible baby steps <laughs> getting what? this stuff up to speed and, and, like and, and, the, and the notion that in two years we'll have cyborg vision contact lenses is hilarious i i will still be throwing my money at it the moment it comes out so that that will be my thing uh yes we'll hope you know and we'll see we'll, we'll actually when, have to see when, kind of the sorry when it comes out i i, I will you know how i said you know like i'm, I'm i just know, hope it happens in my generation also and that. i'm on the downside I, I, yeah i i, I want to be in that experience i want to be able to experience <laughs> right like the, the things that i that we have right now were so out so far out of my imagination as a child not the jetsons not the flying car and all of that i mean we all saw how progression things kind of went on mm -hmm. but the fact that we have a rectangle, a, a rectangle that can access not only our personal life, the entire mm -hmm. universe of data is built into, not universe, but the entire world data level yeah. is shared through this. The communication is done. It enables me to be able to have communication with, you know, uh, with, you know, uh, sorry, so concept creator. So just talking to Jermaine while sure. where he is across the world, that's something I did not fathom as a child. Yeah. Now this is possible. 
we are to a certain point appreciating the technology and we see the leaps and bounds but you're right we are quite a bit away but we need to also be realistic when we start aspiring to stuff we should understand Mm -hmm. that things are they don't go from you know like from this and into an eye directly into your eye socket or Johnny Mnemonic and building a hard drive in the back of your brain because <laughs> right. that's where the that's where the hard drive should go if you have a hard drive implant apparently, uh, right. but you know what I mean like and then there's overheating and there's too much data being going in there and like are you you know your life is being anyways the, the the it's fun to enjoy it but I hope at some point or another we'll be able to see that tech miniaturized enough for it to be incorporate it into our lifestyle like that. I, like I that mean, idea. like, we, we, we touched on some of these experiments with just simple heads-up displays and yeah, then we I mean, didn't Google learn Glass anything from, from them. But from we like didn't what, like, learn anything Oh, no, no, that. because if, yeah. It we was did a, Google Glass and then we we're like, oh, no, that experiment failed and then it went on the back burner for years. And then Focals by North came out and then it kind of went on the back burner for years. And then Google bought Focals by North and then killed their entire heads-up display glasses division and we have after no showing other... us one of the most amazing concepts for, like, real-time, eye-level text translation right. and, and stuff and, like and, that. And they actually stopped them right as they were about to launch the, the yeah. second generation. It's not like they, were, mm-hmm. they already had it. It was done. It was just they were starting. I remember talking to their PR, and they're like, yeah, in a couple of months or so, we're starting to look into, like, you know, putting out version two. And I'm like, okay, great. And then, yeah. So Michael Peppertech is saying, I'm still trying to figure out what problem these headsets are solving. For me, having to have lenses with my prescription because of my astigmatism sounds very expensive. Um, Michael Peppertech, what is your prescription? Uh, let, let me know. So like, let, let's let say, um, let's see, left, right. So I do like plus nine, plus six, right astigmatism, left. On like VR wave. I mean, like, if you have a ridiculously bad prescription, they can be, like, $200 to get lens inserts, but I still feel like that's not, you know, beyond the pale, considering lens inserts for a Vision Pro will be four or $500. But that was so. a, I thought, yeah, it was like, um, well, I mean... The, the the solution of what these glasses are offering, um, at least for me, is it's that personal theater experience. If you have, if your lifestyle fee if, uh, has a certain experience where you are in areas, you're in in spaces where you have, right. you're sitting there, you're watching movies on your phone. Imagine having that experience augmented with a large TV with you anywhere you go. So you've got a laptop, and then you pack this on top of it so that you can have two screens, right? Yeah. So I'm this is a totally reasonable. Thing to Solution. travel with. This is a portable monitor. Mm-hmm. That's great. And for just a little bit more than this, I can pack a significantly larger projected display mm-hmm. that then fits in like a shirt pocket. So now this isn't taking up space in my laptop bag. It's a little pair. Oh, they're over here. It's a little pair of glasses instead. And the little pair of glasses just on their own project a bigger image than what I can do with this. And then if I want to get fancy, I can turn on some of the additional stuff where it pins like a monitor that I can control in space. And so that's the problem that it's solving. It's, it's, well, I, I it's definitely like it's, a, a premium solution to that. It is a premium it, it's solution. Cheaper, to cheaper to get this, but I don't want to travel with this anymore. 
it's a it depends on again it, it depends on where your your needs take you uh, the displays that one was showing I mean for me seriously I still travel with one anytime I travel on my Mac I have a secondary display that slides out and opens up it's a 13 inch display but by comparison although I'm getting the flexibility of having a second screen and it is nice and compact and it sits on top of my laptop it creates a, uh, a cumbersome experience when you have a simpler solution. I'll say it in mm-hmm. that. It's it's definitely a convenience right now. It hasn't turned oh, yeah. into that whole. Oh, these this are is the these standard. are these are absolutely luxury devices. Absolutely. These are, excuse me, I should say they're luxury solutions to the problems mm-hmm. that we're describing. So it's oh, no, a, if if you want to go dual display, then well, it is remember, definitely dual- cheaper. Dual display didn't always it wasn't always that situation, right? When we first got introduced mm-hmm. to dual displays, there were three to four hundred dollar piece and there were basically ten eighty p sixty frames per second resolution displays. And right. the introduction of it was very basic. We now have moved into like something like the U perfect seventeen inch display that we have mm-hmm. I'm using right now. Those are yeah. definitely big improvements, same thin thinness, um HDMI full size not full no, it is actually a full size HDMI dir. Full size HDMI input into this and Visa mounting and a whole bunch of different things. So right. think of this as that luxury experience. It's not for everybody, but once you Oh no, use I disagree. It, it's for everybody. And if you don't want to do it, then <laughs> you're a, a troglodyte. You're a Luddite. And I don't understand how you function in modern it, day society. It, it's 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 definitely something that once you start using, you would appreciate very so, much. And you could definitely see yourself using right. it all the day. Mike Michael Peppertech's follow-up question is yet again. This is a great question to ask because you haven't experienced them. Um, He says, my concern is investing the money in lenses, and then it turns out I don't like the experience or have nausea-induced issues. And you see, this isn't VR. You're not experiencing virtual worlds that move with your head, and if the latency is off of that movement, then that can induce nausea. I, I have severe issues with all first-person shooter video games now. I can't play them. I, I, I cannot last more than 10 minutes, even playing so, something like Portal. Like, but it doesn't you're matter saying if we I... can play a 10-minute match of COD, though, right? No? Yeah. I okay. mean, like, oh, like, I'll, yes, it'll be the, the least fun and least effective pairing of someone playing COD for 10 minutes, but I'm good for about 10 minutes. Because season three, uh, yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry. They just no, announced I know. the new one. I, oh, trust me, I know. I know what's going on with Call of Duty. Um, I, I just can't participate for long enough to get good. Um, there is no presentation or or there is no depiction of content mm-hmm. using a wearable monitor, a face monitor, where you would exhibit issues with nausea unless you would also exhibit issues with nausea looking at a static monitor. So, like, if I'm playing a first-person shooter on my really nice monitor over here, mm-hmm. I'll roll in about 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. So if I put the glasses on my face and I play a first-person shooter through the glasses, I'll roll in about 10 minutes. But it's not because of the glasses, it's because of the first-person shooterness. So yeah. this is, again, why I keep saying to people, like, we're still asking these really fundamental questions. And even for techies who can kind of imagine what we're describing, you have not experienced this until you find an opportunity to strap one of these to your head. Because it is not like any mixed reality headset. And they're not in worn. stores. That's the other thing. We're, and we're they're, not... Not, they're not accessible, but they're not VR. Yeah. They're not that. They are 
a projected monitor out in space in front of you occupying about 48 degrees of your field of view. And that is so hard to conceptualize. It's, again, to me, this is like the biggest barrier for these companies is they need to find ways to like put boots on the ground. Like they need to do like a traveling Best Buy tour. Yeah, no, literally no. just drive from city to city and set up a little kiosk in a Best Buy and everyone who comes in, you're like, hey, do you want to try a face computer? And people are like, what does that mean? And then you just shove it on their face and say, hey, look, isn't this cool? And they go, oh yeah, that's pretty neat. And then they get on with their day. That's the literally, I think, the only way I can imagine that you will pick up more momentum on this idea. Because even for techies, I get so many questions and so many comments from people who genuinely do not know what this is like and even my description of it is insufficient to kind of express the pros and cons of what that's like yeah and 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 they're not all the same exactly uh once you compare the beam over to the x-reel the experience between the rocket max and the x-reel changes as uh, dramatically from the sense of how the ui elements the 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 experience and what controls your viewing experience changes as well uh the biggest thing i'll probably say is you got to try and and if 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 it's hard for you to conceptualize you have to try it but again it it's going to have to come up to the point where it becomes available in a store like a Best Buy or Target yeah. or something for people to be able to try and they're not that hard cuz it you don't really need much other than a, a video source over USB C and it could just sh- show you exactly how nice um, mm-hmm. the images and how much you can make it personal. And I think that's the big factor for me that I like that. It, it, it's about having a, that larger display, but it's still the ability of having that in a personal manner by putting the, the blackout shapes. You yeah. block the light from showing anywhere else. You get that more personal, clearer image. Mm-hmm. The audio can feed through the speakers out of the glasses or through Bluetooth headset or even wired, depending if your phone yeah. supports it. So I think... It, yeah, it, it's really more about if you had to experience it, it's like having that 15-inch display that Juan was showing, except of not physically having that aspect, that actual physical part of it. You just have mm-hmm. it virtually in front of you. That's literally the experience. If you held Only the display up in front of you. It's also way bigger than 15-inch display no, no, absolutely. in your field of vision. But I'm saying it's like if you had to conceptualize it in a room, you're sitting in a so, room and to, you're like, how do I do to, it? To me, it, it's it's like – It's that I, big – it's like I'm constantly carrying and walking around with a 70-inch TV viewed from a distance of about nine feet. Yeah, which is what you should so be sitting if at. So you, if you can get on an airplane with your 70-inch yeah. TV and put it like eight or nine rows ahead of you and mount it floating in space so that you can perfectly view that 70-inch TV sitting in the most comfortable position you've ever sat on in an airplane... That's kind of what it's like using these glasses. You I, see I think, how woefully insufficient it is, me describing with words what that's like? Because that's nonsensical. It's like I just became a bad Dr. Seuss book. <laughs> like, it doesn't mean anything until you put them on your face and you give it a try. Absolutely, absolutely. But, but, but no. Michael Pepper Tech, one last point, just looking up on um, VR Wave. Um, they're the brand. They sponsored one of my videos to talk about different types of gaming accessories. Mm-hmm. Uh, your your prescription at VR Wave would be about $100. So for lens inserts on a VR headset, that's pretty good. And so if you ever went like MetaQuest or HTC Vive or one of these like portable face displays, mm-hmm. $100 inserts are pretty good. If you tried to do that with Vision Pro, you're likely looking at a four dollars to $500 
lens insert for and, and, and well yeah but not only that it's a custom installation of them as well because it's not something you could just take in and put in and put out so it becomes it makes it to the yep. at least in the current well that's version, what i'm saying is, is, is yeah. it, the 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 lenses aren't going to be four to five hundred dollars it's going to be a four to five hundred dollar increase over the price of vision pro to get the installation on that. And, and Michael Peppertech follows this up with one more great question. What's the main difference between the Rokid Air and Max? And I, you know, TK and I have both done videos with uh, the Rokid folks. So I'm, I'm going to push pause on our rambling podcasting here to say uh, you'll probably get a more concise explanation of those two products if you catch the videos because so. we yeah and because we cover all the different because we had a script <laughs> <laughs> i wish we had a script. right now <laughs> we're not on a script so no. it's not no, 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 not no. our best <laughs> but no thank you i appreciate appreciate the uh the conversation and then but i did actually want to talk a little bit about this piece of tech that i know you've been waiting for weeks to talk about yeah this is something like so so seriously every time we were starting to show for the last few weeks one's been like that thing i cannot talk about right now i can't talk i about can't talk about that so Dude, okay. Am I mistaken? Am I mistaken to say that I that this is is this an upgraded version of some? Because I've seen the form factor before. I so can't put my finger on where this is my first experience with the company, and the company okay. has just recently rebranded as uh-huh. Hover Air. So I actually kind of have a collector's edition where it has the original Hover branding okay, so, on it. And that one was so, more. It didn't have the folding pair, right? That was more. No, spread. no, no. I think this is this is the company's second drone, okay. but this is also the company at, while launching this. They're also rebranding. So okay. if you look for Hover Air, I don't think anything else is ever going to show up in those searches. Mm-hmm. Um, but the company's original name was Hover, just Hover. So this is an ultra lightweight folding camera drone. Which, um, I mean, you, you can unlock some extra features to, like, pilot it and navigate it, you know, like a traditional drone. But the main use is AI face tracking. And so uh, it, this is an idea that is very uh, common for things like gimbals. Like, I've got a, a gimbal that has a little camera module on it so that you can kind of train it to just track your face. And it works okay. This is a little pocket drone with um, a, a camera that shoots up to 2.7K at 30 frames per second okay. or 1080p at 60 frames per second. It's got about an 11-minute flight time per, per battery. Okay, that's um, decent. And it's all AI tracking on the drone. So if you don't want to fly it using your phone as like a remote control, you select a, a specific camera move at the top of the drone. Okay. You put out your hand. You push a button, it does its own moving and flying and tracking, and then when you're done, you hold your hand under the drone, and it lands in your hand, and you're done. So you can has- do all of it, almost almost everything you can do on the drone, you can do without having to turn on your phone app. Okay, that's good. I like it. So I, it's, I, I, it's all built in. It, and it's the size of a cassette player, uh, a VHS, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, a yeah, I mean, you fold it flat, and it is about the size. I mean, if you remember a Walkman, you know, it's, it's oh, yeah, like yeah. that. But it weighs about half what a modern smartphone weighs. Okay. And, Which is well, impressive for a quadcopter, four-prop, battery. And and it has yeah. protection for, for the blades as well in case, God yeah. forbid, it does bump against something. You have the built-in cage around it, which is 90% of what the problems are when you're flying things. Um, on the, oh, on the pro- yeah. Mine, mine took a dive in the dirt. It, it, <laughs> it, it, it's lightweight and it's, you know, it, it, it's not cheap. 
Um, but it, it handled it handled a crash landing surprisingly well. I've uh, I, the last one I bought, and I think it's sitting up there, is the Mavic Air, the first generation Mavic yeah. Air, the or the the tiny one, the one that we didn't have to mm-hmm. register because it was too small and it fit. It actually does kind of fit in your pocket, depending on how how big the cargo pants that you're wearing. Um, mm-hmm. The the biggest approach on this one, I feel like it's really nice. How much are they going for right now? Is like three. So the early bird with like yeah. a double battery. Mm-hmm. Excuse me, because um, they sell it just as the drone, or yeah, of course, they sell a the kit battery. with an extra battery and a two battery charger, and so the full kit I think is just under four hundred dollars. Yeah, I think that's actually pretty nice because if you think so about drone, it, two batteries and a charger, and like it's got like a little soft case. I really wish they would make a first party hard case that I actually had to put into the video. Like the second I took this out in the field, I wanted better protection and a place to store batteries and like none of that exists and a soft case isn't going to do anything yeah dta does nice they do definitely very nice where they uh they provide those cases or at least accessories yeah. that you're able to pick up if you want to uh, so i'm second... not saying it should be as a part of the price like that no, should no, no, be no, an no, extra accessory for sure, exactly. for sure for sure yeah yeah no no and then i think just for for anybody that flies drones and, and for flight time that is always 90 percent of the problem when you're flying it so getting an extra battery is always nice because the moment you start flying a drone and before you get used to comfortable with it for like the first five, six minutes or so, you realize your time is running out. Yeah. The bigger drones have may have fly, uh, longer hours, but this one, it, I think it's feeding into that portability and ease of use. You could just do things with it without having to use your phone. It has the AI functionality built, built into it. And I think mm-hmm. I remember Hover when they first came out, like the jet, this is why I'm like, when I saw it originally, when you were showing in the video, because Sorry, in the thumbnail, it was like, wait a minute, I, I know this camera. Like, wait, he, this is just launching? I thought it was already out like mm-hmm. years ago. Um, so, yeah, no, no, definitely excited to see that. I think that form factor still existing. And, uh, again, just having a very nice and very lightweight and portable. You could just have it in, you know, but you need a better case. You're right. So uh, a hard shell case in the back. You take it out of the box and, like, I, I unfolded the little, you know, prop guards and we're like, this thing can't be real. It feels like such a toy. I've had remote control helicopters that weighed more <laughs> than this, this thing did. You know, like the, those cheapy plastic ones that just have like, like the folded plastic nose pieces so that mm-hmm. you can replace parts easily. You buy them at the mall, right? There's that weird guy at the mall who's got a kiosk who harasses you with like remote control helicopters. Um, it, it felt lighter and cheaper than that. And yep. in using it, the footage has been great. The tracking has been surprisingly good. So I've taken it just like I, I walked it into a sunset where the drone is having to track me and I'm walking into the sunset and it's, it's staying on me perfect. Um, I took it on a bike ride. It, it's only got a top speed of 12 miles an hour, so it's not easy for me. I mean, it's not difficult for me to completely outpace a <laughs> drone. It. But, you know, riding my bike at around 12 miles an hour, light, breezy day, it's keeping up with me surprisingly well. And it's tracking me alongside a busy road where there's lots of wind from traffic. So, like, all of those little instances where I feel like, oh, this is this is where the manufacturer's claims are going to let me down. It's actually kept up with all of those types of uses. What, what the company claims the drone can do, mm-hmm. the drone can really do. 
Um, and there's even a little bit of room to try and push it. You know, if you're braver, you don't mind accidentally breaking something. You could probably drive it a little harder than what the manufacturer claims, which is refreshing. And I, it's, and they say it's super, super easy. And not only did I teach Lex how to fly the drone in like two or three launches, she taught one of her friends how to fly the drone with two or three launches. So if a seven-year-old can teach another seven-year-old how to control the drone, then I believe the company when they say the drone is easy to fly. <laughs> That's good. No, no, I, that is, that is, it's, it's refreshing. Like I said, it, 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 yeah, kid, kids are sponges, man. They, they know how to, I. For sure. It, but, but like for me to, to just that, literally yeah. give it to two kids and be like, okay, one of them kind of knows how to use it and the other one doesn't. I just want to see what happens. I did not buy this drone. This is going to work or it's going to be tragic failure. And I'll be sad. I don't want to break it. It, it, no, it no. is fun. But they were, I mean, like it took, it took the kid like, again, it took about three launches and then they were doing like, hey, I want to do a video of me kicking the soccer ball and I'll have the drone follow me. So they push in the follow mode and they set the timer and then they launch the drone and he goes running across this park, kicking a soccer ball, getting chased by this drone. And then my daughter was like, I want to do an orbiting shot. And so she set it for a really far orbit so that it would get like a full, you know, head to, head to toe body shot, yeah. launched the drone and it did exactly what she wanted it to do. Like... The only time we all kind of went was when they did a, a zoom out and they uh -huh. launched the drone pointing it at a tree. So it flew up and away from you towards this tree and it was, it was in the branches. But just by luck, not there's no like hardcore collision detection on this thing. But just by luck, the drone flew up into this little canopy. And then flew down, dodging like all of the branches that it would have hit. So I mean, like we were like, "Oh, this this could be where they kill the drone." And that was the nail we just got lucky. Because yeah. when you said you handed it to two kids and you walked out like, oh, "Okay," I would probably just have like a small heart attack at that point. Just be no. I mean, I take that back. It, it's more, yeah. Um, because they'll they'll be more adventurous than you. You know what I mean? Like they, they it's a different perspective of things. Um, to them, it, oh, they didn't cool. do this like by design either. It was no, just no, like I, I just want to do a zoom out, and so they, that's how and, they just they, they where they were and they for launched the fact it. That oh, like there's a tree; they, it's going to back into. Yeah, the they weren't looking at all. It was pure carelessness. They're seven. <laughs> I, you know, with, with the fact that they were able to hang and enjoy and, and teach each other, I think that's definitely very nice. Yeah, I, it, it's nice to see that, and I'm glad that you're finally able to talk about it. So definitely make sure to check out that video over on Juan's channel. It was part of the Patreon on a sneak peek early this week, and then it finally became available. Yeah. Uh, so it's definitely nice to see, you know, tech tech for the outdoors. And I think I'm, I personally, I'm mm -hmm. in the middle of. Uh, I just got a new bike, a foldable bike. Um, and I think I talked to you about it that I think I'm just, uh, it's from, I think from go tracks that, um, it's just a fun little thing. I've, I've never had a, the amount of time it took me to take the bike out of the box and make it ready to go was literally l less than two minutes. And yeah. most of that was spent opening the box because it's all assembled. There's no mm -hmm. tire sitting on the side and you have to do wrenches and whatever. Mm -mm. Everything was ready to go. I had to put the two, uh, the, the pedals on and I snapped it on, turned it on and ready to go. It was just easy to go and it folds on its own. The form factor is so much smaller. I can actually take it with me when I want to go places, like even in my Tesla. It's That's the concept nice. that I'm excited for. So for sure, yeah. outside, uh, going out and enjoying the weather, if... Uh, as long as you, you're staying safe, obviously, you know, we're going to we're going through some weird weather for some reason. But it looks like we're going to get some rain later this week. Mm -hmm. But um, 
for me tomorrow, that's literally like the first thing I'm doing. As soon as I drop off Omar, I'm going to be going riding because we're going through a heat wave. And the earlier I go out, the better the experience is. I don't want to drive. You don't want to ride a scooter at 110 degrees. It's just not fun. Hot air blowing straight at your face, not a good experience. As as fast as you're going, it still doesn't. But um, so that's kind of like a little bit of a segue as far as portable tech. I know we talked about the uh, drone. We talked about obviously the, the glasses. Um, I'm actually going to be dropping a video very soon, but it's it's about this little phone. I don't I don't think we've oh, talked about. So OnePlus obviously hasn't launched anything in the U.S. recently. This is the Nord Three. This is not a oh. U.S. device. It's in. It's a weird. It's a weird Nord because it's technically a flagship process. Like the the processor in this thing is actually a flagship mm-hmm. processor. OnePlus has used Nord has had the Nord line B for the most part either a mid-ranger or like a 7 series processor or it's always and even with the in the US the north the N10 the N series that we get in the yeah. US are even lower processing power they're really meant for the bang for the buck and mm-hmm. OnePlus is kind of deviating on the recipe a little bit in in a really refreshing way the the really nice thing that I see here that I enjoy about this is they use the same processor that they used on the OnePlus pad so it's, it's a tried yeah. and true it works great uh, and people have, obviously have a very good response there um, a really nice 50 megapixel primary sensor in there. They didn't, they didn't skimp on the specs when it came down to the hardware. And I feel like that's where I'm like, I feel like this is my flagship Nord. It's it's starting to be more of a, like an, it's aspiring to be its own flagship now, which is what we see from from the, the full numbering of the Nord. And the first Nord um, was a 7, 7, 785. And I think the second Nord was a 1300, Dimensity 1300. Yeah. They, when they shifted over. And now we have a Dimensity 9000. Yes, 2022, uh, you know, flagship processor, but still a very capable processor in 2023. So very good combination, um, higher refresh rate. We go up to 120 hertz on the refresh rate, large OLED panel, no longer LCD, in display fingerprint sensor. Again, all the things I they aspire to be in, in a full flagship experience. Yeah. So um, I've had an opportunity to play with it. I've been using it for about a couple of weeks now, even been trying to enjoy uh, just, you know, playing games and just racking up some good scores on Call of Duty. That's the thing about (laughs) (laughs) enjoying devices. Um, Oh, and it also has the alert slider. That's the other thing that I like about it. It actually still has the OnePlus alert slider on the back. And it comes in a very nice case. Did the Nord 2 have the alert slider? I don't remember any of the other Nords having the hardware slider. I want to say, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't. I don't remember if it did, um, but I do know. Actually, I don't think the maybe the first one. Yes, hold on. Uh, so OnePlus Nord two. But yeah, it is interesting watching them sort of look at. Um, it is kind of interesting watching them use the uh, a Nord mm-hmm. that branding on a phone that would have been like the numbered OnePlus. Like, it, yeah. what you're describing there is nicer than a OnePlus 9, right? In many ways, yeah. Many ways. And I think this is where this is where the experience kind of, like, it's shifting for us. It's like what we typically expect from Nord or at least from OnePlus in the Nord series, at, at least in the U.S. market. This is very different. This is foreign. This is typically what they release in Europe or in India, yeah. the, the full Nord series. Um, I, I'm trying to find some images of the side view, the side, uh, the, the side of the uh, OnePlus. Oh, I mean, it's not, it, it's not that critical. It's just, it's, it's interesting to me that 
as hardware goes, that would be an easy one to shave a couple pennies the, off the, the Nord manufacturing. The Nord 2T did have the slider. So did have the slider. Okay. The 2T so, did so have the slider. Yeah. It's the, the first one. premium Nords have kept that where we lost it on one of the OnePlus... T. We lost T it on the OnePlus 10T. 10T is where it went and there was yeah. the whole... Where did it go? What's going on? Oh, OnePlus has lost their way and they have betrayed us and no one should ever buy them. And, oh, that's the worstest. And then they brought it back for the OnePlus 11. The OnePlus 11 brought it back. But this this is very refreshing. Well, but the surprising part (laughs) is the amazing support for uh, T Mobile 5G bands here in my my area. I was clocking in at 1,050 download, like on on a on a non-made for the U.S. market phone intended no, for good. Europe. So I was like, "Crap, this actually works. This is really nice." Uh, and they include a really nice case. That's the other thing. Like it's foreign to us, right? We don't include mm-hmm. cases in, in devices. Um, so this is what a are nice you video. socialists? <laughs> Why do you Go hate buy. capitalism? Go buy you your just own go case. buy a case and a charger and oh my earbuds. God. Where is... okay. Ugh. God, I'm going to throw up in my <laughs> mouth getting stuff for free in the box. In the Ugh. box with the charger. It's so an 80-watt charger in the box that's included as well. Um, that's insane. The I, I will say this. It's a little bit more than uh, some of the other Nords in the market before. The price did go up, but you have to factor in the benefits of what you're getting here. Flagship yeah. processor, large 120 hertz OLED panel on a Nord. Um, getting, you know, uh, I think it's a, a 16. Did it come with 16 or 12 gigs of RAM? It comes with 16 gigs of RAM. This is literally matching the 10T's 6 gigs of RAM built in with the ability of expanding an additional 12 from internal storage if you want to be able to do the page file system. For um, sure. I mean, this sounds like a, this sounds like a OnePlus 10T with a MediaTek SoC. I, I this is exactly it what, sounds yeah. like what what they've done. They they've hit it. They've hit the nail on this, and they've made it very very nice. I actually, I'm downloading an update. One, <laughs> there's a new update that literally just got pushed. As we were talking at the beginning, <laughs> um, it runs at 13 and uh, Oxygen OS 13.1. Uh, obviously, all the features, uh, you know, with uh, basically sharing your screen. All the good things of what we have in there. So it's the, it's a refreshing look. If you're a OnePlus fan and you want to be able to get something that's not necessarily at the price point of their flagship, which is the 11, I think the Nord 3 is, it, it what, really what nails is, it. What is that international ballpark price look like? like if I wasn't mistaken, this... I was like for $790. If I, I think I saw it somewhere for, hold on, let me see here. I, I don't know exactly how much it was in, in ah. Here. But it, I mean, is it kind of landing somewhere near OnePlus 11, or is it more like it, it is getting like, closer? To, it is closer to the OnePlus 11, or is um, it 600? Or, oh no, that's the wrong one. OnePlus Nord 3. Uh, okay, I'm looking at the wrong section here. Let's look at the shopping section. I will also type. <laughs> uh, it's about 600 three. bucks. It's about six, okay, uh, so so depending on region and currency it, conversion, and it's can, maybe a hundred dollars cheaper than. And you can find it a little bit less, like around four fifty, maybe five hundred, depending on where uh, where you're able to pick it up. It depends on it. There, OnePlus's region marketing pricing it's always been different. In India, it's still considered to be a little bit more expensive than their other Nords that they've released. Before, I don't know, so. dude. I can find base model eight gig, one hundred and twenty eight gigabytes of storage imported for $400. Well, no, absolutely. Again, this is the 16 gig high end. This is fully stacked uh, version of this device. Obviously there's and, different and, version. 
And again, this is like you would have to look at what regions and whether or not it has different support for different bands. So this is not like a, a one size fits all blanket statement here. No, no, absolutely. But it's not hard finding some of these Nords for fifty. Mm-hmm. So when yeah, we're talking like one twenty eight for about four hundred bucks, yeah, two hundred bucks less than a one plus eleven. And you're only going back one generation in terms of top tier SOC performance, where the Dimensity 9000 was an absolute beast of oh, an SOC. No, absolutely, it is absolutely. grotesque overkill for, for phones that are covering the basics. Um, for four fifty on a sale price is really good. The MSRP is kind of wacky because according to some of these import pricings, like. The MSRP should be like $700. So they're trying to make it look like, oh my gosh, you're getting this thing for 50% off. So that's a lie. (laughs) This is a $400 phone. They're trying to make it sound like it was more expensive. But even Michael Peppertech is saying he can find the international model on Amazon for $550. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. What I meant, the pricing I was referring to before was uh, the one with the 16 gigs of RAM. And again, there's different levels. I'm, 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 I'm looking at like, again... Where you would have to be careful, and I'm I'm assuming that one of the reasons why it's as inexpensive as it is is because you're sort of playing in that gray market international version. We don't know what model you're really going to get, but on AliExpress, the prices on these things are ridiculously low. That's Poco territory. That's like <laughs> exactly. high-end Poco F-Series pricing. And you'd be going with like a Poco F with a Snapdragon 7, Gen, 7 Plus Gen 2 mm-hmm. versus a Dimensity 9000 is a really good fight in that uh, sub $500 that, that territory. That 7 Plus Gen 2, I really want to see more devices carry that. I have, we haven't heard much about I, it. I have to believe that it's a little pricey. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons why we've, we've also seen MediaTek make some inroads is TSMC's chip fab is at capacity. Apple mm-hmm. bought up all of the next generation. MediaTek caught some of that manufacturing capacity. Qualcomm might have to go back to Samsung next year for some of their high-end 8-series chips. Like, we're, this next year is going to get real weird. And so something like the 7 Plus Gen 2 is probably in that in that Venn diagram overlap of not as expensive as an 8 Gen 2, mm-hmm. but more expensive than a Dimensity 9000. And the Dimensity yeah. 9000 is probably outperforming it. No, but By enough still... that you would say. Yeah, no, no. It, and I think that that's the, the, the game, not to say the game, but that's the, the, the lines that the OEMs are having to navigate through right now to figure out exactly how to make this device, you know, because this is the year where we're seeing a lot more companies going back to 2022's, uh, you mm-hmm. know, flagship processors and releasing devices with them. Uh, yeah. But this is a continuation. We realize, obviously, yeah, it, it it's a software game. At the end of the day, the the, the biggest thing, because there's, there's conversations that I was following also on Twitter where, like, people are talking about, you know, obviously, you know, Honor just is going to be releasing a brand new foldable. Xiaomi just released a brand new foldable or announced mm-hmm. it earlier this, this week for the, uh, for the Chinese market um, with their new hinge system and all of that. And I feel like to a certain point, hardware is, is we've reached limitations to certain points of hardware. It's getting better. It's getting, the bezels are getting different, you know, uh, thinner, more robust, better camera sensors and so on. Obviously still limitations in there. 
But what I was trying to lead to is it, it's always going to come down back to software now. I think it's software that's mm-hmm. driving 90% of our, dry, our experience. The 9000, the Immensity 9000, on paper is a 2022 flagship processor for MediaTek. But had we just skipped that conversation entirely to somebody that is not a techie, like our fans or everybody hanging out with us this evening, I don't think they would care. I think they would end up basically saying, I think this device is fast. It's responsive. It has the features that I'm looking for. The camera app is nice. The picture quality is really nice. And I can do everything I want with it and it supports my bands. My soapboxing is... All of these techies out here talking about what about the average consumers? And you're like, we have still not maxed out the the compute power of a Snapdragon 855. No. There, there are I... not experiences that your daily driver smartphone consumer would miss out on with that level of compute power. It's, and so, yeah. so we're increasingly selling people on more and more and more powerful pocket computers while trying to impress them that they're more powerful, still selling them the same experiences that they've been doing for the last four years. And the only reason why it was kind of dicey in Android land for a couple of years was because of Samsung's chip fab on the A88 and the A Gen 1. But you could go back four generations of premium tier SoC and... Someone who's like really using this as a communications device, a little light gaming, streaming some video, watching some TikToks would not, their, their experience would not be hampered in the slightest. And so that, that to me is like, I, I, I don't know how to express this to people. This entire, the theme for this entire podcast is how do I talk to normies and get them up to speed? Because You've got people out there that are buying Corvettes when they need to buy Corollas. Oh, no, you know, yeah, for, like, what, for what they need, yeah. They're overpaying for the hardware and the... And over- they'll never realize... So I love it when people say, it's like, well, I had to buy this, so that, like, future software. What future software is going to... I mean, if I go back mm-hmm. to some of my phones over here with, like, Snapdragon 820s, mm-hmm. I still have a reasonable experience today. What's holding me back are some of those, like... The, the better software patches, security patches. And yeah. if I had really been using that phone for all that time, the battery would be a massive hurdle to overcome. The battery would have degraded on me. Oh, That's where the performance hit would have come from. The software isn't so heavy today that I couldn't use a Snapdragon 820. The but problem would have been the battery. More than likely, though, that Snapdragon 820 processor device or device that runs that probably had a replaceable battery, which we could just totally fix that problem for you. But that that, that was a different time, you know, back in the olden days. I don't know. I mean, like, I kind of want to reach over. I know it's not charged, but, like, I I have my LG V20. And you're like, should I? No, it's okay. Not not on this podcast. Maybe for a future podcast, I'll bring that out. Maybe, but maybe like, an episode on SGTQA on Monday. But, I, but I say things like, you know, the things that I'm doing. When we're done with this show, mm-hmm. I'm going to take the audio and I have a template that I run through on a mobile audio editing app. Because it is literally faster for me to get an MP3 popped out mm-hmm. out of a phone than yep. it is out of my beefy workstation now that I've sent my template. Like... That is the order of magnitude difference in terms of processing power that I prefer. Mm-hmm. When I'm talking about doing things like 4K video rendering out of LumaFusion, and if people aren't doing that, then I think they'd genuinely be happier shopping mid-rangers. It's not, oh, who even needs that much power? 
no, no, no. What I'm saying is you got a sports car turbocharged V8 and then you could have gotten better gas mileage if you had gone to a mid-ranger. You would literally be happier with the less performant chip because of the power savings. It's, it's, you don't yeah. need X3 cores firing up to open your Twitter feed. Like I need to open faster, man. I, I need to be able to get to you, my X, X I faster. don't believe we can measure those differences <laughs> no 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 i i, 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 I we both you, played with the new poco i mean like the seven series chips the seven okay the seven still plus silly two, overkill the, the seven plus gen 2 <laughs> was a massively surprising experience from a seven series of what the leap yeah. that they went from a seven gen one to a seven gen two that's literally rivaling the eight eight gen one which is like a weird conversation to say how the seven series can't but the yeah. reality, it, 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 yeah, you're right. It, if you're looking for a good experience, I mean, this is always what my recommendation is. Like, what do you use your devices? When somebody's like, well, which does, do I need this? Do I, it all depends on what your purpose of usage for this device. If you're planning on using it, you want it to have a long battery. You want to be able to do everything that is, is recent and everybody says that you're supposed to be able to do from social media, yep. pictures, and all of that. Absolutely, the mid rangers are where it's at, or or a flagship from a previous year, like what they're doing here with the Nord, and this is the big benefit here. You get the price benefit, the price break. Yeah. This is still a flagship processor. You have the five thousand milliampere, eighty watt charging. You charge it up like this. It this is really where where I feel like like you were saying before, OnePlus is really blurring the line between mm -hmm. what a Nord should be. This is a premium flagship Nord at twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty two. I just think flagship. it's telling. Last year's flagship processor, but not last year's Qualcomm flagship uh, processor, so, which no, no, also absolutely. means no. Yeah. But this is this is this is critical right here. Yeah. This also means it was a better price to performance to power ratio. Yeah. Also, not getting the Qualcomm modem because that That's was true. the big hook when we were kind of dealing with the A88 and the 8 Gen 1 was oh but radios and 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 like wireless efficiency and and the Wi-Fi and the Bluetooth and so OnePlus in weighing all of the pros and cons of these various platforms SoCs components pieces parts came down to a decision where even though the gold standard is that Qualcomm radio tech they have confidence that MediaTek has caught up enough that the price differences, the performance differences, and the battery life benefits weigh in favor of going Dimensity 9000. So that, to and me, is, is like a really telling moment that overall platform efficiency, that's how bad off we were for those two years, for the A88 and the HN1. And, and 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 the other biggest thing that I also want to say it's a continued generational um, relationship with MediaTek. Nord has been for the last couple of generations has been basically MediaTek processors. Even the ones that yeah. we get in the U.S. are all MediaTek yeah. processors. So you're seeing the benefit of what MediaTek has done ever since their revolutionary upgrade a few years back when they jumped into and started to truly compete with Snapdragon at the at the flagship level or even at the mid ranger. I think to a certain point. MediaTek did really nice jumping in with the 1200, oh, yeah. the 1000 series, uh, the 8000, the 9000. was so much better than At people ever gave it credit for. It was their best SoC, and I think it was always 
it was always unfairly compared against Qualcomm's that were really sort of a step above, but also would have been more expensive. I just want to highlight this one comment from Michael Peppertech because it's something that TK and I have been begging for. I would love for the entire SOC industry to take one year off. Um, Michael Peppertech says, I'd say it's more significant that you can get the same power at better efficiency rather than needing more performance out of newer SOCs. 50% of today's processor versus 100% of one from a few years ago. I mean, from your lips to God's ears, TK and I have been begging for that since... I mean, I think for me, the major turn was 855 to 865. Mm-hmm. And that's where we saw these these huge graphs. Like, oh, look at how much more performance. You're going to get a 20% uplift in single core and 15% uplift in multi-core. But then you'd look at the bar graph and you'd see 15% more performance at 20% higher power draw. <laughs> you're like... That's not the direction we should be going. And I feel like we really ran with that with the 888 and the 8 Gen 1. You would see this incredible graph. And you're like, yeah, these X1 and X2 cores, we can get like a 20% boost to like your single core CPU scores. Mm -hmm. And you're like, if you kept me at the same performance level as an 865... And you really limited, you throttled the power curve where your graph is showing us. I would so much rather stay at the level of an 865 and get 20% better battery life. And I still feel that way now, but the 8 Gen 2 from TSMC at least brings us back to much more reasonable performance per watt. I mean, we're talking about, what was, what, do you remember what the exact numbers were? Because I'm making this up from my memory, so I'm probably wrong. But I want to say there was a roughly 40% improvement to performance per watt going from 8 Gen um, 1 to 8 a, plus Gen 1. It was a 35%. I want to say the chip... It was 35%. Was somewhere, it, was clo- it was close it was to 40%. Yeah, it, the, okay. the, it, my memory serves correctly, hopefully. Um, that was the the main benefit that jumped in. They said it was performance per power. Before, but I'm not uh, making that up. It was it no, no, was no, no. a it significant. Was, yeah. It was a significant. Okay. It, there was a not only uh, an instantaneous tangible uh, uh, gain going from Samsung to TSMC. Yeah. And it, the plus there was a reason why also if you think about it, why if most of the companies that are going with last year's SOC, they're jumping on the plus. They're not going with the first generation, yeah. the agent one. Yeah. So they realize they're realizing <laughs> the benefit there, and I think the. So the the thing about it is, there's also some conversations also going on right now. But you know, the next generation when they go down to three nanometer, and how is that going to work, and what challenges they're going to be doing? They're obviously going to be a a generational jump. What we're seeing right now is the the return into uh, it's a minor spec bump upgrade from last year from the A plus Gen one. We're not seeing, if you notice, we are not seeing any conversation about an A plus Gen two. It seems that we're going to be shifting straight into an A, A. Gen, Gen 3. Gen, Gen 3, yeah. So Qualcomm's uh, Summit is going to happen in a couple of months or so, so we're going to find out, obviously. But And MediaTek, the, too. I, I don't I think was we're going to see an Mediatek extreme is, difference from Dimensity 9200 to whatever comes next. I, I, it's it's going to come down to, uh, realistically, I think this is just that, that, that gradual improvement that we wanted. It's more that power efficiency that we wanted so that our devices last longer. They have more efficiency, more power to what we need. Maybe improvements on the ISPs, core configurations and so on it, yep. it's, it's it's going to be the this I, is literally I, the, the fine-tuning we want i want to because we have no insight these companies aren't talking to us Not um yet. i want to i want to <laughs> i want to put it on the record i believe 
MediaTek will likely continue playing CPU and GPU improvements really conservatively, mm -hmm. but I bet you they try to make more noise about camera processing, modems, and, and like your, your data connectivity, whatever kinds of machine learning, AI, hardware Dude, they put on this. The Dimensity modem, the modem that they're choosing to go with this one on, on, the, uh, on the Nord mm -hmm. 3, again, Full compatibility with T-Mobile here, and yeah. I was getting over a thousand megabits down. This is yeah. uh, not every. I'll, I'll say this, and I'm not trying to put anything against it. Same phone, same same company, uh, same uh, OEM for <laughs> services. Right. I was using my Moto, same spot. I was trying to run mm -hmm. my same bench uh, speed test on it. I got about 400. Not to say that it's bad. The 400 is crazy well, that's, now. That's good. Yeah. But I did not. But cross it's not a thousand. thousand. But it's not a thousand. <laughs> and I was like. Huh. I, I had to – so in my mind, I was thinking, it's like, okay, wait. Maybe it was just a bad time of the day. I got lucky with the first sure. one, the second one. Would, I had to give it a benefit of a doubt. But the reality is it is super nice to see band compatibility in the U.S. for that mm -hmm. price point of a device. The uh, the IMX 989 50 megapixel camera sensor on the back, uh, Oxygen OS optimization, processing, everything that we've enjoyed. Obviously, there's no hassle blood here. They're not going to put the label there. They're not going to pay the 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 fees there. Yeah, but for it for a Nord, and that's huge. Having, it's it's huge. It's literally huge. this is the flagship yeah. of the Nords. <laughs> it's like that should be the title of my video. This is the flagship of the Nords. Well, don't don't you find like these words have increasingly less meaning as we try to describe like. Oh. This is the budget brand from OnePlus, but it's the flagship of the budget brand. Like, it's so much time trying to come up with the right adjective. But like, oh my god, yeah. So, incredibly, no, no, what, 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 I, what I really, it's, we've, we, people have kind of been mentioning this. I think like Brian Glaze was talking about, like, these things are proper computers. We just need better accessory support and stuff like that, that... Video, I just think I, we're overdue yeah. adding a few of those lifestyle compute features because I have to believe in a lot of the areas where Nord is going to hit hard, you're probably looking at a base of consumers who I think it'll be a statistically significant number of people who the only computer they own is their phone. And I think we're long overdue supporting those kinds of consumers with video output from the USB-C. We, we Plug it into your TV at home, add a keyboard and mouse, and now you have a reasonable facsimile of a desktop computer, and your main communications device is, you know, is going to facilitate that. Since the LG Velvet, we have been long overdue supporting that kind of experience from mid-rangers. And I think it's, it's just the sad part of our industry right now where companies are too anxious about disrupting tablet and laptop and desktop sales. Well, we should I, really I, already I, be there. But I also think that a good part of that conversation is also dictated by the way Google's been approaching desktop experience. They have had sure. a desktop inside of Android for many years, but they sure. don't improve it but, but i mean and, like and they don't even have to our pals at like tcl yeah like yeah. the the tcl 20 pro had a limited run for just that model of phone to support the first generation tcl glasses and tcl in one generation of phone that was never followed up on or iterated on had mm -hmm. one of the best desktop modes i'd ever used in its first generation that tcl 20 if you could get that variant that supported video output it had a better desktop mode than LG Screen Plus, 
And I loved LG Screen Plus. Like, no, no, yeah. So, so it, it, to, to your point, I mean, like, yes, we, we can absolutely point to Google in being deficient and not facilitating this expansion because they're likely not wanting to disrupt Chromebook sales and no, they're yeah. trying to build out tablets and Android 13 is better for larger screens, blah, 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 blah. But if TCL could give us a, a limited edition phone that had a brilliant alternative view desktop mode that only worked with their glasses. I, I mean, like the resources can't be so extreme that we couldn't do an alternate big view mode, a 16 by nine aspect ratio, second monitor display mode for any mid ranger out there. You can't tell me that Xiaomi lacks the resources to do this. You can't tell me that BBK, the brands of BBK lack the resources to do this. It's that they don't have the motivation to do this. And that's where I feel consumers are getting left behind and getting hurt because that is exactly the kind of alternative use for a mid-ranger phone that would significantly help a large bulk of the population out there. As we're trying to talk about like the next billion smartphone consumers on the planet, that's how we're going to start chipping away at those people who are underserved for technology and services. It's by empowering them with those kinds of features. No, no, absolutely. And I think that's it, it's it's going to take some time in that aspect in the in right now the conversation the the for the lack of a better term, I mean, a lot of these features are not going to say, I'm not going to say gated, but these are features that now OnePlus arguably says it is a premium experience. It is a pro experience because the 11, the 10 Pro is the last one that had video out. The 10T lost it. The 11 doesn't have it. And even mm-hmm. the OnePlus Pad doesn't have it. So there is a directed conversation where they're trying to cut price and in, in keeping those features for the for the premium but I feel like it, I'm really hoping the rumors that the eight, the the Pixel Eight and Eight Pro are going to have video out is a true statement. I, I really hope those rumors are I true so. because the and again I'm not trying to make it sound like I'm I'm putting the blame on Google. I'm saying I that am. essentially is if if Google conversation if Google wants if Google wants to call themselves a market leader then they should lead. And I think I just and I turned think on are, like five phones on my desk by saying the G word. <laughs> like every podcast, I do, I do it again. Well, you got to remember, man. You but but it's the same thing. Like for every criticism that I would levy at Apple for not actually leading in the market, they're just trying mm-hmm. to disrupt their competitors in the market. And that's not yeah. the same thing as a market leader. I'm going to throw the same thing. If Google wants to be a market leader and really reach some of these populations, reach some of these communities and offer up something, that differentiates their products from their competitors, these are the kinds of features that would move the needle. Making your phone more like an iPhone by removing headphone jacks and you know taking away some of the perks of the Pixel, like unlimited photo storage in the cloud, that, that's not leading. That is following a competitor, copying parts of their business plan, and making your product less good to encourage other accessory sales. And exactly. so, yes, I'm going to put the blame on Google. They should lead by example. I, I this is one area. Yeah. Samsung, Motorola, Honor. They are leading in conversations that empower their users to do more with their phones. And Dex, Ready for Magic Desktop, these are critical differentiating features that contribute to a conversation about computing. Not just content consumption, not just smartphoning or average consumers whether or not you really tap into it your device Mm -hmm. can do more 
And that's can what you're and, spending your money on. And will do more, not just can. It can and will do more. Yeah. That's the biggest thing for me that I feel like a lot of people, like even when you're buying these flagship, uh, you know, foldables, uh, the, you know, the magic, the magic devices like the Magic uh, 4, Magic 5, yes. all of these devices are intended to be more. Um, so we'll have, I mean, it, like the thing about it is obviously is we're hoping because the more this becomes available on flagship experiences and becomes more of the standard, the more likely it is it'll trickle down to the seven series or the mid rangers. So more people become, it becomes available for more people. You have to understand kind of like the, the, the chain of, you know, premium feature to becoming a standard feature, kind of like back in the day when cassette players used to be a premium and CD players were amazing. And now you get none of those. <laughs> like, yeah. Now you get a USB port. Cause that's what you get, my friend. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's, it's an it's an evolutionary thing, and I'm hoping companies start looking, like you said, to be to try to make ways of becoming more differentiating the experience. Well, and and then also the the, the bummer is it doesn't matter if they do it. It I mean it doesn't. It, what matters mm -hmm. is that they do it. They exist in the market having that differentiating feature, and then they tell their potential consumers about it. And that's the last stumbling block. Like we get to the last year of LG. And these phones do more than current phones today can do, and almost as powerfully as current phones today can do. And no one knew anything about what those phones could do because LG's marketing department was like, you know, a, a five, ten year olds at a lemonade stand and an over anxious terrier. And like, that's all they could do to market their devices. It like, it, it, it doesn't matter if you come out with a better device. It matters that you can tell people that these services and these products do different things. I, I mean, and, like, and, show, and I, showcase I, those features. Yeah. Exactly. I, I wrote up a, 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 we, we talked about it briefly last week, but just going through like the different foldable marketing campaigns. Mm -hmm. And I wrote this up on the Patreon. You can, you can catch it there. I'll probably publish it sometime next week, but I publish it publicly on somegadgetguide.com, but it was, uh, I, I was just kind of putting my thoughts out there on the Patreon. It's a very raw sort of meandering me kind of talking about my feelings about this stuff. And so far, only Samsung is marketing their foldables with consistent real life depictions of what it's like to use a foldable out in a real place. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is such a huge huge glaring oversight and missed opportunity from all these other manufacturers like all the rest of these foldable commercials are just like disembodied floating devices in nebulous voids opening and closing like slow motion butterflies and you're like that tells people nothing at all it mm -hmm. primes their expectations not at all it grossly underestimates what like the durability conversation might look like. And then there's a Samsung commercial where there's just a woman. She's walking around holding her fold and, and like using it closed. And then she sits down and looks at her monitor and opens her fold to use the inner display. And you're like, in 30 seconds, without spoon feeding the audience, you gave me a perfect representation of what a the relatable, expected use a relatable scenario. Exactly. Of it's that the... product should be. And you didn't show me the woman running to a bus stop, opening her fold. You showed me a woman sitting down at her desk and then opening her fold. So without, again, hammering it, without making it look like the device is too fragile to use on the go, you at least set a realistic expectation mm -hmm. for what using a fold should be like. It is not the use the plastic screen while you're out on a technical hike 
and doing rock climbing. It's mm-hmm. I sat down at my desk and now I wanted to use a mini tablet. That to me is perfectly reasonable. And that means Samsung had to put enough money into a marketing campaign to do all the extra work to do things like hire a model and shoot at a location and distribute those videos. And and like also spending the money on um, the Join the Flipside campaign. Oh, yeah. And all exactly. of those are real-world usage scenarios of using the Z Flip. And you're like, how, how, how has no other company looked at that and said, you know what we need to do? We're going to make our first foldable. We should make a completely CG animated floating phone that flies through a nebulous space, and we won't even have a human hand holding it. And that's going to impress people. Like... How are we five years behind Samsung's marketing efforts and other companies aren't looking at that and saying, well, we could just copy do that. something like that and show I, and, people using the product. I, and I feel like that's going to be the biggest driving thing. And I hope when OnePlus does actually start working into, you know, launches their their foldable devices, they, you know, we, we heard earlier this year. I yeah. think once that conversation truly starts happening, and I think that's that's the biggest driving conversation. Moto has the flip. Moto has the flip, and they and they've already started showing people using their flip phones in more so, manners like that. Moto gets credit because if you go to the Motorola website, they have mm-hmm. static images of using the Razer Plus. Um, that's yeah, they have static images of using the Razer Plus in real places. Like, I love the one where it's the woman holding it, like, camcorder style. And then they do a really cute, like, tent mode. Mm-hmm. So they can show you how to prop it up so that you don't scratch parts of it. It's just on the edges. Mm-hmm. The Moto videos, CG animated nebulous folding devices floating in space with no human interaction. And you're like, we keep, we keep missing, like, the most directly accessible but that costs money. I like it, you've got to put the marketing effort and, and, in and there. And we're still we're still waiting for that second foldable from uh, from Moto that we still haven't yeah. we haven't seen. Like we 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 got a chance to hold it, we got a chance to play with it, and in the early hands on <laughs> for us, and we're like, so I, like I, Ghost Starscream like nailed my intense fear of my Pixel Fold. But Juan, nobody should use their foldables outside. <laughs> like, so I'm glad Michael Peppertech is in the chat because last week he he hipped me to East Coup like okay. this clip-on case from a pixel fold this is a 13 dollar case and this is the best two panel case i've ever used all of my two panel cases for the duos were hot garbage oh okay great before i forget so bad in, in the in the tv show um um only murderers in the building i don't know if you got yes. a chance to catch that yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the duo is in there yep. in the whole time i loved it and it was like, oh my god! Like seriously, and they have also the Z Flip two, the Z Flip four, in mm-hmm. a lot of the scenes. So there's a lot of foldables, but the the one where um, I forget the name of the character. Um, oh my god! Oh my god! What's her name? What's her name? Tina Fey. So Tina Fey's character on the show mm-hmm. uses a duo, and I was like, yep. oh, this is so cool. And like, my wife obviously has no idea what Tina Fey's holding, and I'm like, to me, it's like that's a duo. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a good like cameo. Uh, you know, like for us, it's not a yeah, famous yeah, yeah. person. It's what phone are they using? That's a cameo. Yeah, yeah, no, um, exactly. Yeah, that was that was a fun that's one. how you do it. 
exactly seeing the duo pop up and you know it's like some prop department just has like a case of old devices just sitting but around like they like... chose no no but I, i'll say this the show whoever <laughs> the prop department is they're actively trying to put foldable devices in that show yeah. specifically again the duo and the flip are specific the fold was never i didn't see the fold at all and all the other phones are all iphones for some reason but like yeah those two devices <laughs> the, the two android devices that i found interesting were the cool yeah. ones the rest were you know okay, yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> but um so kind of like i realizing we're obviously we're getting to the point where it's, it's around that time for us a little bit are you are you still working on something for the for the for the end of this week any any Oof. any videos you may be dropping any any, any so embargoed much. stuff so um there yeah <laughs> um i do have one more embargo uh actually well, there, coming up that i there I, you go I can't we'll talk about week. just maybe yet. next week um, yeah I, you know what? It probably won't be next week. Uh, production schedule this whole summer just got weird. Um, yeah. On the Patreon right now, and mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll be able to put it out tomorrow, but on the Patreon right now is uh, a very short but targeted look at some of the improvements for Moto Ready 4 now on mm-hmm. Android 13, um, which is hilarious that my Moto Edge Plus from 2022 just got its Android 13 update with Android 14 right around the corner. So Moto, man, you're really on the pulse there. But where desktop modes are often overlooked or afterthoughts, Mm -hmm. um, Moto has done a few things here where, again, if you're a fan of DeX, you really want to be paying attention to Moto Ready 4. Because what they update and what they improve on you will want on DeX and you will not get on DeX unless Moto Ready 4 gets a little attention. And then Samsung goes, oh no, we might have competition. We should do a thing. And then they improve DeX. So be on the lookout for that. It'll either be going up tomorrow or the day after. And then I also have, uh, again, this is early access on the Patreon. I've got a written article coming out comparing uh, the Pixel tablet against the Robo and Kala, the Windows 11, oh, okay. Windows yeah. on ARM tablet. Exactly. And uh, I, the, 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 the conceit is this is a very unfair com- uh, uh, comparison. The MSRP of the Pixel tablet with 256 gigs of storage is 599 The MSRP of the Robo and Kala is $1,300. So this is not a fair fight. But while I was traveling on that road trip, I took both of the tablets with me because I wanted to show my mom both of them. She's, mm-hmm. she's looking to replace her iPad. For a month, they were the same price. They were on sale prices. They the were Robo the same. Kyla was on was on massive, on a tremendous sale. stupid sale over yeah. the summer. So I'm not saying this is a fair fight. One is definitely built for something different. But... It is an interesting look at the radically, to me, this is interesting, the radically different philosophies of putting an operating system on a screen. It's an all slate type of handheld computing product. Mm -hmm. And there's so much more that we, that most people could be doing with tablets. And I think both products sort of illustrate in very different ways how to do more things Mm -hmm. with a screen that you hold. And so uh, that that's also going to go early access on the Patreon probably tomorrow morning. Okay. 
Okay, that that's actually sounds like a, a good a good comparison between because I think it's it's they're both mobile processors, both providing us a slightly different experience. Windows on ARM as opposed to Android with uh, you know Google's new implementation on their. I tablet mean, UI. you start thinking of like, okay, well, yeah, these are definitely built for different consumers and different experiences, but like also. I'm tired of tablet conversations just being like, it feels nice in the hand and the UI is smooth. Like, what are we doing? The Galaxy tabs deserve a conversation about laptop replacement. Like, I I actually just got, was it a couple of days ago, I got a unit from AT&T sending me over a test unit for about a month. I got the connected tab S9. So I've got the S9 yeah. Plus, and then, of course, I still have my own S9 Ultra. But um, tonight, tonight's episode, uh, the actually, tonight's podcast was set up. I went in and I set it up while I was waiting for my son to finish his karate class. I was actually on my tablet. It's connected. Yeah. It's 5G. Setting it up. Boom, boom, boom. Got everything uh, Steve, cut up. Steve Pogue, the, the tablet comparison is going up tomorrow. Um, okay. Right today in early access is the Moto ready for follow-up. But but I'm so tired. I, there, I, Pixel tablet came out. Mm-hmm. And three of the tech podcasts that I subscribe to, but I don't really consistently listen to, mm-hmm. it was like I was listening to the exact same podcast three times over. Oh, you know this material they made the back out of? It's really interesting. It doesn't feel like ceramics, but it's a nano ceramic, and it's it feels interesting on your fingers. And I I think it's but if it gets too hot, it doesn't feel as good, and it just it doesn't feel like ceramic. And you're like, but what does it do? Yes, I get it. You hold the tablet. That can't be the only contribution you have to a thing that has a screen and a processor and a graphics chip and mm-hmm. RAM and storage and has this huge library of software that you can install on it. Like, what are we... Like, I have to believe that, like, most tech reviewers aren't really techies because they keep having those kinds of conversations where it's like, I, well, you know, most people are going to buy a $600 tablet just to watch some Netflix. So I'm just going to talk about what it's like to hold it. And you're like, it's $600. I, I think the focus is spending $600 to do that little. It, and the Pixel tablet as well is is a, is a very interesting experience when it comes to tablet because it's a transformer. It transforms from a tablet to a to a smart dock with the experience yeah. when you dock it in. So there's a many different aspects to it. I think that's the biggest appeal for me when you when you when you sure. when you truly appreciate what it's trying to do. It's not a smart display and it's not a, a smartphone. It's in in is in the, in between that space. And I feel like even when you start comparing it to let's say to a, a RoboCall, and I don't want to take anything away from your 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 article, mm-hmm. the difference obviously is is usability. Windows on ARM is still not. I mean, I'm waiting for for Qualcomm at the summit to start talking about uh, Orion. They talk about yeah. yeah it, again, the next generation that they teased us uh, at the end of last year's summit. I think that's going to be hopefully when the conversation starts shifting, where we get better <laughs> compatibility. But again. Sure. We're a few so, months so away from what, the, what TK we'll said, to... but I, I wrote 3,100 words on the topic comparing the two. And Ghost Starscream, I, I, I hope I will have a run this well, but he says, I can't wait to hear 85-year-old Juan still complaining about techies saying or being idiots. <laughs> I just, it, it kills me because like, if, if you're really that bad at technology, 
and all you can think you to do to with a tablet the is yeah. hold it and stream video on it, then you can go and get a $150 tablet and it will do that really well. Very well. And exactly. I am so tired of hand feel being the topic people spend the most time on with a product that costs $400 or more. And then you start really getting into it, like how unfairly I feel like the Galaxy tabs are represented, because those are legit laptop replacing slates. You could replace a laptop really well with a Tab S9. Like with a keyboard attachment, exactly. What you're talking about on that SOC is roughly in the ballpark of last year's Core i5, only with like twice the battery life. <laughs> of last year's core i5 that is the surprising part with with the tab s9 uh, plus the battery life with 5g on it with the radio modem has been crazy good i'm like surprised this is truly like i don't have i'm not um i don't have that battery anxiety i'm like okay i was sitting in the classroom i was like working i'm like okay i barely used like three percent in an hour when i was on it the whole hour like i was like okay this makes sense to me. This was mm-hmm. like fully functional jumping between tabs. I have four different programs open. I'm trying to jump in between and I'm using desktop experiences. That's the biggest thing that I appreciate with tablets. You're yeah. right. Even when I'm not even in Dex, I'm able to jump in and I'm using YouTube desktop. The UI doesn't yep. kick me back to the app all the time to try to get me to do things. Uh-huh. So, and I think, so this is so the that, I, thing. I feel like you just gave us a really good sneak peek on how my article is going to go down tomorrow. I hope so. So that, yeah, that's a no, part of that conversation. I feel like we're simpatico there. Like um it. Now, so I mean, like Michael Pepper is saying, funnily enough, I use my tablet mostly for content consumption. The idea of basically breaking off my laptop display and holding it closer for viewing media is enjoyable. I don't have a problem with someone using a really expensive tablet to consume media. What I'm saying is mm-hmm. a reviewer should hold that tablet up to the standard of its price point. And this, to me, is another example of when you review the tablet... I don't believe for a second, Michael Peppertech, that all you do is watch video on it. When you're reviewing it, I've seen your videos and your reviews and your commentary. You're testing other things on your products to enhance the conversation. If someone wants to go and buy a super nice tablet, I mean, more power to them. I feel mm-hmm. the experience is, is overkill and they're wasting money on that kind of stuff. Absolutely. I'm not going to yeah. yuck someone's yum, though. What I'm saying is I'm listening to produced podcasts, I'm watching videos and reading articles from people who should be able to contribute to a conversation at a higher at a higher level of competency than, well, it's so smooth when I navigate the UI on a $600 tablet. That's table stakes. That's like gross bare minimum. So I'm going to shut up now. Because we eventually have to go to bed. <laughs> no, no, um, I, can, I can get real pissy with this for much longer periods of time. And hopefully, no, no, I, I would say let's, we'll continue that conversation hopefully either on the SCGQA or we'll pick yes. it up again next week. Um, for me, yeah. um, although the, the video, I'm not 100% done with the Nord 3 video, unfortunately. So more than likely this, the end of this week, uh, it'll be, uh, I got a chance to get the beta, the One UI 6 
um, uh, beta on my phone on my S23 Ultra. So um, I'm definitely going to uh, try to put out uh, like a little bit of a commentary and impressions video hopefully this weekend. And but the Nord 3 would be kind of the one leading in next week for me. So hopefully by by the time we talk next week, both of these videos will be done and we'll be talking yes. about even more, maybe hopefully more exciting stuff. And I may be in a different location next week for our show. Oh, so we'll have to see how that goes. Yes. Interesting. My, my stint of being back home is, is, is at least for the, not this week, but next week and the week after might be a little bit perturbed, but yes, it should it, yeah, hopefully. You, yeah. <laughs> just wandering, man. I just all over the place. I, I got to go check out new places. Yeah. So we, we'll have to see. <laughs> um, but uh, with that being said, I do want to say first and foremost, obviously, thank you for everybody for hanging out with us. Michael Peppertech, everybody. David Burns. I saw uh, Andrew Fra- uh, Fat Produce was in the chat with us as well. Um, and of course, with everybody taking their time to enjoy this conversation that we had. And, you know, please, if, you, if you're if you listening to this, obviously, on the audio podcast later on, there'll be some show notes as well here for you guys to be able to check that out if you want to be part of the replay crew. Uh, make sure to check out Juan on Monday on the SCGQA. And, of course, let us know, um, you know, what are your thoughts are and if there is anything specific that you'd like us to cover, obviously, on the next episode, uh, next Thursday, uh, back on our normal schedule back then. So with that being said, have fun, be safe, and stay safe. And we'll see you guys. Oh, let me find my mouse cursor <laughs> next Uh-oh. week on another episode. <laughs> Bye-bye for now. <laughs>